With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm Brian Henderson. Joining me is Alejandro Villegas. Hello, Brian. How are you? I'm good. Uh, today we're celebrating Barcelona's first trophy of the year. They went to Sevilla to face Athletic Club in the Copa del Rey final. And came away with a 4-0 result. The scoring went Griezmann, De Jong, Messi, and Messi again for the fourth. And all of that scoring was in the second half. So to start off, this team has been getting steadily stronger since mid-February, I would say. That loss to PSG in their first leg against them in the Champions League seemed like something of a wake-up call. Because since that game, Barca has not lost one, except for last week's Clasico. Mm -hmm. They've outscored their opponents 29-6 to overall. We've all seen more joy and connection between the players. We've seen tactical shakeups, And so this just confirms... What's been happening for a couple months already? This win, right? I mean, it's and we. I mean, it's it's a first title for Ronald Koeman too. So that's that's a good uh, prize for a guy that has been uh, dealing with all the things that he's been dealing with this season. So yes, Barcelona has been playing better since December, I would say, after that loss against uh, Cadiz. Mm, and yeah. I know um, maybe after the, the one that you were talking about, the, the PSG, and then the one they lost against Sevilla. 2-0 in the first leg of the semifinals of this Copa del Rey as well. Those two results uh, came when the team was playing really well in La Liga, but then we had these two games where, like, okay, some doubts came in, right? So that's when the 3-5-2 started to come out, and then we saw the best version of this team. And and it's funny because last you were talking about uh, last week's Clásico. We started with the 3-5-2 in, in El Clásico. It just didn't work in that first half. We, we couldn't really show the best side of this team and Real Madrid got to us early in that game but we have to agree that that 3-5-2 seems to be the best system for these guys that are right now playing for Barca so I'm happy I mean I think this this group really deserved a title I think they really worked hard especially in this Copa del Rey man how many times Barca came back in this uh, tournament I mean they had to go to extra time to against Cornellà they had to come back against uh, Rayo Vallecano they had to come back against uh, Granada they had to come back against Sevilla as well with that late goal by Piqué in the last minute and then uh, go, uh, winning it in extra time it was uh, it was a, it's been really, a journey yeah, yeah it's been a journey for Barca in this <laughs> Copa del Rey it's not like in the 
the years before when Barca won and when they just went through everybody. This one was was really a well fought uh, yeah. trophy. So yeah, that, that well game against earned. Cornea, especially that was <laughs> yes. the one I think it was against Cornea where you're playing on a, a mun- like a municipal field. Like this is yes. like the kind of field that you and I have played pickup games on. <laughs> right. You know, it was just surrounded by chain link fence. Yes, and, and they missed two penalties that day. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that's quite a comeback to get back from all of that, and then to go through all these trials, all these extra times, all of these comebacks to finally be really dominant in a final. Yes. And even though they didn't have the scoring in the first half, they had chances. And then the, just the the dam broke in the second half and they get all of these goals. Just be, it became a real masterclass. Once uh, Athletic felt, you could just tell that they felt defeated, I think, yeah. really after the third goal. Yes. Well, I think that's where it tipped over. Yeah, that that I mean, and that was a golazo by Messi when, where where he got the ball in our own field, and then the way they built the entire play and the way uh, Messi finished it, it reminded us. Remember, and it was in a, in a Copa del Rey final as well, and it was against Athletic Bilbao. That crazy goal that he scored at Camp Nou to to also win that Copa del Rey against Athletic Bilbao. But this one was was special too because th- there's a lot of talk. We know what, what's going on with Messi and and we saw it. I mean, he he really enjoyed that second half. He really enjoyed winning the title then after in the interviews. It was I mean, for him it's also a little bit of relief, right? Because losing another final would have been really hard, especially after I mean, we have to remember we lost against this team in this same stadium in the Supercopa just a couple of months ago. They yeah, lost not uh, that long ago. Yeah, Athletic Bilbao tied it late in the game, and then they won with that golazo by, by Iñaki uh, Williams in the extra time. So we had that in, in the back of our minds. I mean, because the, that game, we had to remember, Griezmann scored the first goal, then they tied it, then Griezmann scored again, then they tied it back in the, in the last minute. So it looked it looked very similar to me because this one... Griezmann scored first, and I was like, okay, here we go again. <laughs> yeah. and, and Griezmann just loves to score against uh, Athletic Bilbao. I think it was the 12th goal that he scored already against this team. It's his favorite victim. As, like uh, Messi loves to score against Sevilla, and Griezmann <laughs> loves to score against Athletic Bilbao. That's just uh, how it goes. So, yeah. yes, I, I the, agree the with you. The numbers don't lie. We, yeah, we know no, what they love. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and, and I agree with you that they felt defeated because, I mean, we saw the first half. We had a couple of chances. The young hit the... The post really yeah, that was the early big one, I, for in the me. game, and, and I thought, oh my god, here we go again. And and then even in the beginning of the second half, we had a couple. Griezmann had one great save by Unai Simon. Then uh, Busquets had one that I don't know how uh, <laughs> Unai Simon put his leg there, and the ball somehow didn't go in. Pedri had a, a a good shot from outside the box, and I was like, okay, we're we're close. But we, how many times have we seen this? Uh, during the season, right? Okay, Barca is playing great. Barca is getting chances, and then the other team scores. So I was I was a little afraid that that would happen. Even though uh, Piquet did a great job, uh, just making sure Iñaki wasn't a real threat uh, throughout the game. But I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was a little scared because I, I've seen this happen with this team. Oh when yeah, they, when they play really well and then they just don't come through. And then they have to suffer, come back. And, and we just went through what they did in the Copa del Rey. That happened a lot in this tournament. So, uh, Yeah, I mean, I would say for me, um, until the second goal, I mm-hmm. was just waiting for that shoe to drop. You know, just waiting for <laughs> Athletic to get that counter, 
and even when they were one nil down, yeah. you know, just just get the equalizer, and then from there they can tip the the momentum of the game back in their favor, which would be really sad, right? Because they were. I mean, you could tell that it was their game plan to give up yeah. the ball entirely. Like, they weren't even trying at all to be, right. you know, proactive. They were really just absorbing all the pressure, absorbing the attack, trying to look for those countering chances all through the first half. They managed to get through that one and then started the second half the same way. And even after the first goal, I think they still maintained the same game plan because they were thinking we could still get an equalizer and still, you know, you know, get all the way through extra time maybe and get it to penalties. Worst comes to worst. But then after the second goal, they had to change their tactic. But um, I forget exactly where I was going with that. But <laughs> Yeah. What, <laughs> no, what I, what I liked about this uh, particular final is that Barca really got rid of the other team in 12 minutes. It was yeah. just, a, it looked like a storm. It was Barca at their best version in this, I think it was 12 minutes. Because they scored three goals in eight minutes, four goals in 12 minutes. And that's just, you're, you're not coming back from that. I mean, there's no way no. you're going you're gonna to be able to, especially Athletic Bilbao, a team that really struggles to score goals, even though they scored three on us in, in the Supercopa. I think it was more <laughs> of, a, of errors that, that we could have avoided in that particular game, especially those, I mean, Barca suffers with those crosses. We saw it early. The only kind of chance that Bilbao had in the game in the first half was that cross after a, a foul and that cross to the box. And Barca tends to really suffer these type of crosses. But other than that, Barca was really, was the better team. And that's, that's just, oh yeah. it's, I mean, the thing is, again, going back to it, I think it's been a theme of this season. We've been the better team uh, in a lot of games and then we just don't come through. And, and I think it was Griezmann talking about it after the, the game in the post-game conferences and all the, the interviews that they do after the game. And he was like, yes, we, we really struggled. And Messi said it too. I mean, we made a lot of mistakes early in the season, really dumb mistakes. And we all know that he was referring to, I don't know, Lenglet making a couple of penalty kicks here and there, Araujo uh, losing the ball against Eibar at Camp Nou, oh, uh, sure. letting Valencia tie uh, to Barca at Camp Nou as well. That shouldn't not happen at any point. So, But this team is learning. And the other thing that I liked about this final is that we had a, so many young guys actually getting once again uh, an opportunity to really be part of this type of uh, atmosphere i know it's is nobody there there's no public there's no fans it, it's not going to be the same pressure right but you're still playing a, a high level final in, in an important tournament so that's that's really good for for your development i, I mean we all have seen pedri and he he seems like not care about the, the opponent <laughs> or the the scenario in which he's playing but the other guys i mean mingesa earned a spot and i was happy that kuman really respected that and gave him the opportunity to play this game i thought uh, maybe Araujo was going to play, but I understood once Piquet was healthy, there was no way he was not in the starting lineup. That's, that, that. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Although at the same time, I have to say the whole time that Piquet was out injured and Araujo was playing, yeah. and maybe at first it was a little questionable, but if, in not too long a period of time, I didn't miss pk at all right just to say i mean i still love pk and he's mm -hmm. one of those legendary players who i'm always happy to see play right uh that, that's not what i'm i'm not saying like get rid of pk i'm just saying like <laughs> araujo was doing a good enough job that i wasn't 
burying my head in my hand going, man, I just I just hope PK can get back right. as soon as possible. I was I just felt like Araujo was really holding it down well. And that for me is a really positive sign because that means that there is a future, uh, a bright future in that position with Araujo. We don't have to just rely on PK and there's no um, there's no plan for the future. Yeah, we'll see what happens once everybody's healthy, right? Like, how are they gonna help the? Especially in the, in the last eight rounds for the of La Liga, we have. I mean, I don't know who's gonna be playing there, and and we have to remember, even Frankie the Young had to play a little back in, with this three five two. We we had Frankie playing as a central defender, sort of. Uh, I don't know. He plays everywhere. He he's just he's yeah. omnipresent. Well, with this three five two, <laughs> like when we're pushing up forward, we'll leave just one center back back, yeah. and you get Mingesa pushing forward along yes. with Dest on the right. You've got Longley pushing not as forward as Mingesa, but still he's pushing yeah, yeah, forward yeah. along with Alba, and then PK is all by himself. Right. So you know it's natural that. De Jong, for example, or sometimes Busquets, but mostly De Jong these days will drop back right. in support. So it's it's a much more fluid uh, defensive line where part of the defensive line becomes an offensive line. I, I really like the way Ronald Koeman has been testing different systems. We have to remember how this season started, and this is a good point to do it after a title because everybody's happy and, and everybody thinks everything's right. But we have to remember th this team started playing 4-2-3-1, and we were all like... Okay, this is not gonna be good. We we saw how how much Sergio Busquets suffered in this type of games because it was Frankie de Jong going forward and then it was him by himself in the midfield trying mm -hmm. to fight with the two or three other guys from the other team. So and then we have to really agree that Kuman found a way. Okay, he went back to the four three three, sometimes four four two, and then he found this three five two probably in the perfect time, not for the Champions League, because sadly we weren't we, we didn't have that storm, those twelve minutes that, that wouldn't been great if we did that in Paris because we had the chances. I would say we had more chances in Paris than we did yesterday. Uh, if you look at it, it was just Navas was great and Dembele didn't come through in that particular game against PSG but I remember Des hitting the the crossbar uh, Dembele had a couple ones then Messi scored that golazo then Messi missed that penalty that uh, Navas saved so we did have yeah. a lot of chances in that game we just couldn't really convert and and that's what happened in this final and that's what that's what we all want to see I mean we saw it against Real Sociedad how they scored six goals and we're like okay this is more <laughs> of what we want to see And and that's the thing. That's the thing. That's that's a hard thing in, in sports, right? To be consistent doing this because it's obviously they're not gonna score six, four goals every game. This is not uh, Pep's uh, Barca, <laughs> right? But I mean, I think if they're more effective, I think this is a this is a good sign for for this team for the rest of La Liga and then for for the future. Depending on who will, who who comes in the summer, if anybody comes, and that that would be another story. But I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm happy right now where where the team is. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was I was looking at I was looking at the replays of all the the goals that we actually scored. Yeah. Um, I was also looking at the shots, and you know, like you said in that first half, I would say of the six shots they took in the first half, there were four that were actually really good chances. Of mm -hmm. course, De Jong off the post that was in the fifth minute. Right, Dest went wide it was like not a well taken shot a couple minutes later but mm -hmm. he was in a good position at least i think that had a, a a lot of chance of success and then you had a couple of shots from messi 
in the uh, first half. And you were, we've talked about youth. We've mentioned Mingesa. There was the um, the shot that was blocked from Messi where he got the headed assist from Mingesa on that play. I mean, just to focus on Mingesa for a minute, because I, I still don't think he's quite getting enough credit. It, it's amazing <laughs> right. how he came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And he has locked down a position in this team. And it's partially thanks to him that this 3-5-2 can happen. Because without yes. him, do we have three center backs? No, probably not. Because he, he, I mean, he's really fast. So he can recover and come back. We saw it out of the Classico. Besides, I mean, he, he obviously scored his goal and that was great. But other than that, every time Barca was really suffering with those long balls and Vinicius running back, we saw Mingesa just hauling back and trying to get back on defense. And, and that's something that only him can do. We saw how much uh, Dest suffered against uh, Mbappé, for example. And that, yeah. that's a that's a good uh, comparison point there. And that, that leaves Dest just one job, right? Which is help on, on the offensive side and forget a little bit. I mean, of course, he's coming back sometimes and, and helping him back. But he knows that he has Mingesa in the back, so he can relax a little bit more and focus more on, on, on the other things that he has to do. So, yes, I agree with you. This three-five-two is just possible because we have a guy like Mingesa. With uh, Araujo playing there, I don't know, with Piquet playing there or, or Roberto playing there, which uh, could be an option, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't feel the same way because they, they're just not as fast. I mean, they're, they're probably yeah. better defending than Mingesa is. But they're just not as fast, and and we have to go back even. And, and I, now that I touched on on Sergio Roberto, I remember Kike Setién, and I know I'm bringing back a, a ghost, but Kike Setién <laughs> in his first game, we actually played with three defenders, and we had Roberto yeah. in that side, and that's funny to me because I, I remember that Setién just didn't stick to it; he he just went back to the four three three, but. Yeah. That was the first time that we actually saw this team that are well maybe Luis Enrique playing with three in the back against PSG when, when we had to come back in the La Remontada and all that, but that was just a a, a crazy moment that, that we had to go all for it. But right, when, yeah, that was like a one-off uh, yeah, break yeah, glass yeah. in case of emergency situation. Exactly. It wasn't like a plan. <laughs> exactly. So Setien was the first one that really put this on on our minds, and then now Kuman really brought it to perfection sort of because it didn't quite work in, in El Clasico so I want to see it against a, a great team I mean we saw it against Sevilla we saw it against PSG it, it really worked the team played good but I want to see a good game and a good result against a good team I mean this final is, is a great performance but I, I, I'm waiting for the Villarreal game or maybe the Atletico game in La Liga to see if we can really come through with a great game and a great result with this system and I think Barca fans should be happy I mean oh, yeah. especially after all that they went through I mean Barca gate Messi gate Barca gate elections <laughs> oh my god so many things going on so this many year. gates <laughs> yeah so many gates open and now finally a title I mean it was what almost two years without winning anything so that's yeah that's a, a yeah long and not for for Barca yeah, and not only a title, but kind of all these other things that you've mentioned, right? Things have settled down. The elections are over. Yeah. Laporta's in place, whether or not, I mean, obviously the majority of uh, voting members feel that that's how it should be. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's, you know, some minority who probably uh, aren't too happy with that. I'm um, ambivalent about it myself. <laughs> um, but, you know, but at least there's stability now in the right. front office. We, we have a president. He's in place. We 
and he's sort of a known quantity. We have a pretty good idea. Yeah, we know what's going to happen. Or we think we know. (laughs) We know he's going to move heaven and earth to get Messi to stay. He's going to do everything he possibly can to meet all of Messi's demands and get Messi to stay, which is fine. I mean, he's a Messi fanboy for sure. There's no doubt about that. And it just makes good business sense. He's still an incredible player. Um, and he he just brings in so much money for the club. Right, right. And and we have to remember, Messi came in, came to Barca to the first team when Laporta was there. So they have that yeah. real they have that real special connection there. And and you can see it, you can feel it. I mean, every time they're they're together, you can sense that there's no hard feelings or anything like we saw with Bartomeu. Every time Messi and Bartomeu were in the same room, it was a, a little awkward, right? We didn't Very quite awkward. feel like okay, this is the president and this is the best player on our team. Why are they feeling that way about each other, right? But I mean, yeah. and yesterday the the journalists asked everybody about Messi. Is Messi staying? Is Messi leaving? They they asked everybody but Messi because they knew Messi was not going to say anything about it, and nobody did. And I, I think at this point nobody knows. I mean, who knows what no. Messi is going to do? Only Messi and his wife, and maybe one of the kids know. But at this point, I'm glad that at least if he leaves, at least he's going to leave winning a tournament and maybe even we get a, a, a doblete which was not expected when we started but not, not even when we started in december we didn't think we were gonna have a shot at la liga so right right now eight rounds to go we are right there two points away from from atletico one point away from real madrid so i think it's if messi leaves at least he gave the the club one last title or two last titles and and that's going to be a, a nice farewell, even though no fans are going to be there, which is the other sad part if he lives right now. But other than that, I think it could be a closure. I, I don't know. You can look at it a couple of ways, right? It could be a closure, a perfect closure, because he wins a title. Now he can leave like Pep Guardiola or, or Luis Enrique did winning titles, which were yeah. two, two really good eras for Barca. And now, but we'll see what happens. I mean... Uh, yeah, I mean, it is better to leave... On a high note, it's right. better to leave if you've won something rather than you know being sort of pushed out, Setien uh, <laughs> or Valverde style, you know, right. mid season or you know at the end of the at the end of a bad season where you didn't win any trophies and it's kind of, uh, I mean, it, it almost feels like disgrace, even though it's not really fair to put that <laughs> on them. But you yes. know, that's kind of how it feels. It's way better to leave having won a trophy. And particularly if you're messy, ideally you want to leave at the end of a good season where you've, you've won at least one trophy and you've still um, performed well, you've still shown your quality and you don't want to just dissipate and to the point where you're, I mean, even Iniesta did that. He was right. still playing really well uh, when he left. And I think that was a good time for him to go. Uh, I, I think that's how he felt about it, but Messi definitely still has some good years in him. You know, he's, he's beyond that, you know, multiple Ballon d'Or winning, uh, Messi, but he's still a great player. He's, I don't think, all right, here, this is something I've been thinking about Messi. He's great. <laughs> he's great. And, He's still great. He always will be. And he brings a certain kind of vision on the field and an imagination that no other player has. He's irreplaceable right. for that. In terms of just general like performance and like what he can bring, if you just look at his numbers, if you just look at him statistically, if you take all the history away, you take all the, the halo around him away, mm-hmm. he's a very good player. Yes. But he is not necessarily... The player that you absolutely have to have. And 
I'm I'm just thinking like there are there's only one Messi and there are lots of teams out there who do really well without Messi. Yes. Right. <laughs> so well, we had so if he leaves, I, and with all this youth we've been seeing coming up, with all these these new developments we've been seeing, I yeah. think that this team could still essentially continue this project and begin to thrive even if he decides to leave. Yeah, I mean, the Barca can be competitive without Messi. I think that's yeah, especially with the guys that we have right now and the guys that we should be getting in the future as well. And Sufati should be coming back uh, after his long term injury and and. That should be a guy that we can focus on. Dembele can be better. Um, Griezmann can be better, can take a little bit of that responsibility. I mean, I don't know. We, we, we have good players and we have a good system to rely on. <clears throat> the thing with Messi is that even though he's not that uh, peak Messi, as, we, as you just called it, I think he's still the best, uh, the best player, not only in the team, but maybe the best player in La Liga right now. So, oh, yeah, it's it's. It's it's hard. I I I don't know, man. It's it's gonna be fun to watch how they do it without Messi, but I don't know. I feel a little bit skeptic about it. We'll, we'll see. We'll, <laughs> well see sure. I, yes. I mean, because, like you said, it's it's a known thing. You're like you know what he's gonna bring, and you yeah. know it's gonna be good. It's it's. I'm not saying that that you or I. Or, I'm not saying that I want him to leave. I want him to stay. Yeah, I'm just saying that if he decides to leave, I'm not so scared as I might have been uh, six yeah. months ago. Well, it's a, it's a better moment right now than after the two eight against Bayern. I mean, that yeah. was just a horrible <laughs> moment for for the entire institution, from players yeah. to coaches to the board to the fans for everybody. So now leaving the team on a high note. I mean, at least you. You gave one year to the young guys to really teach him something on the pitch and, and leave some sort of a legacy for them to build up on and, and have a, a reference on how to do things and how to approach certain moments of the game. Because, we, I mean, without Messi, of course, we don't get this Copa del Rey. He was key in, in so many different games with so many different plays. But I agree with you. Some, I mean... This team without Messi, the way they're playing, it looks like they could still work, right? They could still have yeah. a, a team that can be competitive in La Liga, at least. I, I don't know about the Champions League, but in La Liga, it could be a team that can really really bring it to, to the other guys, to Atletico and, and Real Madrid. But I don't know, man. We'll see if... I know they're, they're trying to bring Erling Haaland. All the big clubs are trying to buy a guy like that. Real Madrid's looking into Mbappe as usual. Neymar sure. is linking around us. Always <laughs> happens every time summertime comes out. I don't know. Barca doesn't have a lot of money. So they they have to be yeah. really creative about what they do. Because, they, they, I mean, the highest paid guys, Griezmann, Coutinho, could be on on their way out if you're going to bring a player like that that you obviously have to pay a good amount to yeah. in salaries. But if Messi comes out of the payroll, that could be another relief. Just talking about the economic side of things. That could be another right, right. relief so they can bring a guy like this. It would definitely free up some cash. Yes. So <laughs> depending on how you look at it, I mean, Gabriel has been very vocal about it. He would have sold, he would have sold Messi... A couple of years ago, I think, for uh, yeah. for five hundred, seven hundred millions, I don't know, whatever, and and maybe the team would be in in another position financially, but I don't know, man. Messi's just so much more than just the best player on the field. He's he's 
really a representative of the institution. And we saw yesterday every every guy on that roster wanted a picture with Messi. (laughs) I mean, they see him every day in training. (laughs) It's it's not like it's not like us walking by Messi or oh let's get a picture. No, it's the guys that Yeah, I'm never gonna have this chance again. (laughs) Right, right. So I don't know. It's it was funny. I've never seen anything like it with any other player. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but that's that's how I see it. I don't know. It's it was it was weird that moment when he was standing there with with the with the cup, and he was just taking pictures, and players were coming by. Picture next player, picture. That, that was just funny <laughs> to me. I think I was like, okay. Well, I think are, part of it has yeah. to do with the culture, uh, the culture of uh, the selfie culture. You know, okay, it could I think be that's yes. part of it. Yeah, like I think our social media sort of informs that. If 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 were, if it were Maradona and we had all of the social media that we have. Yes, uh, you know who knows. Right? Yeah, it could have been a similar a similar situation. Yeah, that's true. Back in his day, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. possible. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think one really special thing um, that came up for me in this game was in actually the first the first goal. So like something that for me actually changed between the first half and the second half was actually that Barca did start to move the ball a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. They were taking fewer touches in between passes. They were moving off the ball a little bit quicker but also there was something in that first goal that I've been sort of waiting to see more of because uh, when Messi gets the ball a lot of times if he's anywhere near the box he's going to get at least double teamed sometimes triple teamed yeah and conceptually for me that means that there must be some space open somewhere else <laughs> right, right if, yeah. if, if you've got three guys closing in on Messi there must be some space that someone can run into that he can pass into that's going to open something up Sometimes they close that space off. They close off his his passing lanes to those spaces while also closing him down. So it doesn't necessarily work. But so rarely do we see anyone running into the space that's left open by those defenders Mm -hmm. closing in on Messi. And in that first goal, this is where I finally sort of got what I've been hoping for, where the defenders are closing in on Messi and Dest runs into – was it Dest? Yeah, it was Dest yeah, ran, was yeah, no Dest, Dest was actually playing inside. Yeah, that's ran, the thing. Dest ran into the box and then opened that space for Frankie to go on the outside. Yeah, and that was I think that was the big thing. They kind of overloaded the space around Messi, right? So mm-hmm. Dest was playing inside. He goes into the box. The Messi gets tripled up on, and then that leaves all this space for De Jong. Messi can pass into that space, and now De Jong has just a free cross. He mm-hmm. can take you know that extra moment to really dial in that cross. Meanwhile, Griezmann is just sort of like floating in from outside. Mm-hmm. Lacouille lost track of him. His spacing with Alvarez right next to him gave Griezmann this great window for tapping in De Jong's cross. But none of that's going to happen if, you know, you don't have Messi's. Right. A, a player so threatening mm-hmm. that you're going to triple up on him. Yes. Yeah, so that's the thing about not having Messi. I know it's 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 it goes beyond just goals scored and assists because in this particular play he doesn't get a, an official assist even though he made the key play to actually give Barca a, a chance to to be in the best position to score a goal and and this happens so often when Messi uh, makes the play so the other guy can cross it and the third guy scores the goal and we've seen it thousand times with Alba and and with Suarez and with all the great players that Messi has has played with 
And, and here's the thing. You, you have to have a player like the young that's really good attacking those type of spaces. We saw him. I mean, we've seen the young playing this season everywhere, I guess. But at some point in the season, we saw him really attacking the box because we just didn't have a reference there. Uh, these are the times when Griezmann used to play nine or Braithwaite used to play <laughs> as a nine. And, yeah. and we, really, we really didn't have a... A guy really getting from behind, and that was Frankie De Jong. But the guy that can find these type of players, that's Messi. I mean, I don't, I, I haven't seen. A, may, maybe Xavi or Iniesta back in the day could oh, be yeah. the, that type of a player that can really see these type of spaces. But other than that, it's just Messi. And you talk about the first goal, but even even the third goal, the way Messi found space in that particular play is just unbelievable. I mean, he was on his own field he came back he got the ball he gave it to the young in a tiny space the young gave it back somehow then Messi gave it back again and then Frankie <laughs> young paused for a little second gave the ball back and then Messi just he, he did whatever he does with every defender when they're in, in the <laughs> box but it's you have to have that combination and that's the thing that scares me with with not having Messi in the future, because of course we're gonna have Frankie, we're gonna have, we're probably gonna have uh, Pedri as well, but I don't know, I don't, I don't think they have the same vision that, that oh, Messi no. does. Even even Busquets, who is a great passer, he just doesn't have that same ability that that Messi does. It's it's gonna be interesting to see. Hopefully, it's, it's in the far future. But we yeah. have to be prepared for everything. We don't know. Right. I mean, it's it's an inevitability because that's how time works. Yeah. But it, So it's just a question, like, are we going to be having to deal with this <laughs> next season or three seasons from now? That's yeah. the only question. It's, exactly. not a, it's not a matter of if, but when. Yes, exactly. So let, let's close this out. Um, it's all La Liga from here on out. We're only two points behind Atletico, and we still have to play them in three weeks' time. But this week, we have Hetafe on Thursday and then Villarreal on Sunday. How are you feeling about these two games coming up? Well, it's it's hard that it's two games in three days almost, so it's going to be rough. Kuman has to rotate somehow, thinking about because Villarreal is in fifth place right now. They're they're playing well, even though Barca has done well against them in the last couple of years. I feel that's that's a dangerous match, and and remember we lost against Hetafe in the first round. It, it looked like it was yeah. uh, more than a year ago because it was the beginning <laughs> of the season. Uh, the team was still settling in, and 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 that game is at Camp Nou, which should give us an advantage, even though we've lost so many points at Camp Nou um, this year. Tying against Valencia, Abar, uh, I don't even remember Cadiz also tied at Camp yeah. Nou, so. I am haven't managed to beat Cadiz this year. Got a no, loss they, and a yes. and a draw. <laughs> right. Yes, they lost exactly. They they only scored one point out of six against Cadiz. And yeah. they're fighting for relegation. But that happens. I mean Madrid also dropped a couple of points here and there. Atletico yeah, drops yeah. points here and there. It's just it's how the, the league goes. But I'm I'm kind of i I'm not gonna say scared, but I'm worried about these two games in, in three days because that's where you have to give some guys a chance to play, and, and this is where it's good to have Pique and Araujo healthy, so mm-hmm. you can rotate there and you can be creative with it. Even with uh, Mingueza and Sergio Roberto or Roberto and Dest, you can like mix it up a little bit there because these guys have been playing all the minutes, especially on, on defense. These guys have been the ones that play all, all the minutes because... Um, that's that's how it goes in, in soccer. So I'm really excited about this 
last eight rounds in La Liga because I think it's going to be I think I think they all are going to drop points. This is not 10 years ago where the three teams were really really good and they wouldn't miss any points. And, and you guys remember that that Liga that we lost against Atletico at Camp Nou. Those teams were more consistent than these three teams right now. So I think the three of them are, are going to miss points somewhere along yeah. the way. I mean, they haven't been that great machine, just nobody can beat them. And no, that's not the case with any of the teams. So it's just a matter of who uh, can be more consistent at this point. And it looks very similar to last year's La Liga, right? When we got after the the COVID break, if you want to call it that way. Yeah. Um, the hiatus. Yes. <laughs> both teams were kind of in the same situation right they both were fighting for the for the title they were not very good at the at that point and they were just struggling both teams and and they got to this point i feel the same way about the, but now it's a it's a three-way competition which makes it a little bit more exciting and that game against atletico is going to be key of course and, and yeah. whatever happens there but uh, i don't know I'm, I'm a little worried about this getafe and villarreal Almost a back-to-back games, like like they do in the NBA when they play two or, or three games in, in three or four days, which is crazy. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I'm a little worried. I, we'll see if if Kuman uses Ricky Puch, for example, or Pjanic, which uh, two guys that didn't even make the the list for the game uh, yeah. on, on on Saturday. So yeah, those two are definitely well rested. Yes, they they just I mean depending on how much they celebrated but yeah. but yes. But yes, they should be they should be fine for for Thursday's game. And I don't know, we'll see. I I'm worried because it's I mean they're too close and the second game is Villarreal which is a little harder for for Barca and if I'm not mistaken they're playing away, right? Because they did play Villarreal early in the season at home. So it should be Getafe at home and then Villarreal away which makes it a little bit more more difficult for for Barca because Barca before they got into this great run since December since December they don't lose in yeah. well they lost in, in, in El Clasico but taking away El Clasico they yeah. won all the the rest of the games away and and this is a, a dangerous place to go there in, in, in La Ceramica and, and play Villarreal. So I don't know. I, we'll see. We'll see how they do. I don't know. I feel like the 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 home field advantage or the you know away field disadvantage yeah. has been slightly diminished because of the the empty stadiums. Mm-hmm. The fact that the surroundings aren't as familiar as your home ground and maybe the dimensions are a little bit different yeah. will have um, an influence on that. But I think the crowd is what really makes playing away the hardest. So when you take that away, I, it seems like every yeah, a, of this of this league has been levels, a little bit more equal. It levels the, the playing field a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But we will uh, we'll be back next week to talk about whatever happens with those. <laughs> and uh, until then, you know, Visca Barça. Bye-bye, Visca Barça. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.